Hello, welcome to another edition of Crop Life Retail Week. I'm Eric Silvoy, editor of Crop Life and Crop Life Iron Magazines. Here today with Laura Sawinski, and we're both back where we respectively belong. Laura, welcome home. I hope you had a good trip. Thank you. It was a great trip. Uh, got to travel with our colleague, Eric Davis, and we made some stops in California, uh, checking in with Grow West, just west of Sacramento, and G.S. Long, another ad retailer up in Yakima, Washington area, um, along with a really nice visit with um, Mineral, the Google X um, offshoot. So we'll uh, have more reporting on our visits with those folks um, in the coming weeks. But yeah, great trip. Great, great to be home. Yeah. And sort of for, so folks, uh, you're, if you're wondering, of course, this is a part of our ongoing series all year celebrating Crop Life 100's 40th anniversary in the magazine. So in the May edition of Crop Life, we will have a story talking about independent retailers and these visits that Laura just did and that I did earlier in uh, February will be a part of both of that story. So look for that, that so. But for April, you could look for the story on the cooperatives. That one should be hitting mailboxes very soon because I know I got our first copies in office this morning as we were just getting ready to record this video. So it looks pretty nice. So shameless plug, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? All right. Well, and speaking of previews, if you will, I know this is an important week for those of us who follow agriculture. Uh, USDA is planning on releasing its uh, crop projections for 2023. Uh, The report's going to be released on March 31st, which is Friday of this week's video. We're um, actually this video will be airing on April 1st. And no, that's no fooling. Um, but, uh, you know, we we're recording the video earlier in the week. So I haven't seen the actual crop report yet, but I know I'm not sure what to expect, Laura. Um, I know I was reading one report, uh, over the weekend that was predicting that acreage for corn and soybean was going to be, uh, almost dead even about 90 million acres, um, for each crop. Uh, and then I ran across a report this morning that said, no. Um, they're projecting corn would actually be up to about 92, 93 million acres and soybean would drop accordingly. So, um, not sure what to expect, but I'll be very, very curious like everyone else to see the final report numbers. And of course, we'll talk about that in next week's video. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, looking forward to it. And, um, interesting that you're getting kind of mixed signals as to what we might expect. So I was going to ask you about that if you'd heard anything more definitive, but, um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I was going to say, I mean, some 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 of the the analysts are basing this on surveys of growers uh, for their projections, and other folks, I guess, are just going but like you know some some uh, past experience and the fact that last year soybean acreage was bigger than corn, therefore corn should come back this year and be bigger than soybeans. So, um, but again, we will see, and we'll talk about this more at, at length next week. So. But Great. I do have some definitive reports uh, to share with our audience. Uh, number one, I guess uh, it has been a very, very, very good month here as we almost are over with March as we're recording this for U.S. corn exports. Um, our friends in China have been buying like crazy. I guess wow. uncertainty with the Ukraine situation and improved shipping conditions in the United States 
on the waterways is helping keep corn prices reasonable. So um, according to USDA, on March 24th, China bought 204,000 tons of U.S. corn, and that was the eighth such purchase made by China in only nine days' time. So, um, yeah, it, uh, I guess the corn is flying out of the U.S. and going over to China because the price is right, the conditions are right, and uh, the Chinese are not quite certain about getting a supply from the folks in the Ukraine. So good news for U.S. farmers. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That is good news. Yeah. That's, um, USDA, uh, well, just agricultural exports in general, always a nice bright spot when you look at overall trade volumes, U.S. Um, oh, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, always and I know that before we came on camera, since I mentioned that, you know, shipping conditions were improving uh -huh. in the United States, which is helping this effort. Um, but you had some update, I guess, on the longshoreman situation out on the West Coast. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've been talking about the negotiations between the ILWU, International Longshore and Warehouse Union, and the Pacific Marit Maritime uh, folks, um, uh, the waterfront employers, if you will. Uh, the contract expired last year, July 1st. Um, talks started in May. Um, everyone was hopeful that perhaps an agreement for the new contract would be reached, et cetera. But you know, we've we've been following it. Nothing's happened. Um, obviously, every month that goes by without a contract, a little more worrisome. Uh, last Friday, March twenty fourth, a group of about two hundred um, shippers, uh, logistics providers, stakeholders, and supply chain on um, U.S. West Coast um, sent a letter to the Biden administration. Uh, well, this group included, for instance, like National Retail Federation, American Trucking Associations, uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, urging um, a little more help um, from the administration, perhaps uh, appointing a new lead person for the negotiate negotiations to um, try and reach an agreement. Uh, you know, we mentioned recently that a lot of cargo has already been diverted to East Coast primarily some to Gulf Coast, but in anticipation of what may turn into a more contentious negotiation. In fact, um, uh, there's been ac accusations the last week or so that the longshoremen have been um, not staggering their lunch times, and that's causing delays. So, you know, little kind of annoyances like <laughs> that, you know, minor perhaps, but, you know, unfortunately can turn into, you know, again, just not, not helpful in terms of, uh, both sides, um, earnestly looking to reach an agreement. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately still no agreement, nothing positive, um, on the table right now. So we'll follow it. We'll keep, we'll keep you all posted as we hear, hear further. All right. Well, speaking of no agreement, Thank you for that segue. Because <laughs> one other thing I guess we've been following pretty closely uh, since the end of last year is the whole debate between the U.S. and Mexico regarding biotech corn and the ability for uh, U.S. growers to send that corn over the border to Mexico. Um, again, there have been a lot of back and forth, a lot of accusations. Um, but it sounds like we may be getting to some hint of a resolution, if you will. I was ran across a report 
that uh, U.S. Trade Representative Nate Catherine Tay had uh, been uh, gone before the Senate Finance Committee and was talking about the situation. And she said that the situation would not, quote unquote, go on indefinitely. I guess there's a 30-day uh, period for technical consultations between these two nations, and the clock for that 30 days started on March 7th. So on April 7th, a uh, little little ways out from now, about a week, um, yep. I guess that 30-day period will be over, and the U.S. will have the right at that point without an agreement to file a formal complaint uh, with the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. And then a panel of trade experts will be appointed to help resolve the dispute. So, right. uh, again, you know, maybe maybe by the end of April, early May, fingers crossed, there will be some resolution or at least some hint of certainty on the horizon so everyone will know where this situation will end up going next. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, trade dispute, uh, like so, so settlement board, um, I believe, you know, what they come back with will be binding. Um, not that it can't be challenged, but I think that would, um, you know, kind of, kind of be the word, if you will, that people will adhere to. So, yeah, it yeah. certainly would be nice to get this all solved before harvest rolls around. So. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Always good to address uncertainty in the yeah. marketplace. Yes. Amen. Well, Speaking of uncertainty, how about some certainty? That is what we will end our segment with. We always do. It is time, Laura, for fun with numbers. Wow, I'm still like. Uh, I know you had such a yeah, good chance last week. So this week, I'm throwing you a softball. We shall see. <laughs> I, I always I say pay attention because there'll be a clue here where I'm going with this. So. Okay. Well, what do, you, what do you have this week? <laughs> this this number this week, actually, it's a negative number. I don't okay. know if you've ever done negative numbers, that, but we're doing one this week. It is minus 39%. Okay. Minus 39%. So is minus 39%. Is that A, the projected decline in soybean acreage for 2023? Is it B, the projected decline in corn exports to Mexico if no resolution is reached? Is it C, the projected decline in U.S. farm bankruptcies for 2022? Or is it D, the projected decline in my bank account this month after paying my car insurance, tax preparer, and C, <laughs> income taxes for 2022? Ooh, I believe it's B. Uh. Why not? <laughs> no, it's not. It actually, the correct answer is C. C? C, C. Okay, got it. Yes. Wow. All yeah, right. projected 39% projected decline in U.S. farm bankruptcies. This came from the American Farm Bureau I... Federation. Um, farm bankruptcies go under something called Chapter 12, which was um, became permanent in <laughs> 2005. Okay. And in 2022, there were only 169 filings. Which mm -hmm. was the lowest since uh, Chapter 12 became a permanent thing in 2005, and okay. a full cry from when you had 595 bankruptcies that were filed back in 2019, which was the third highest on record. So, oh. 
So yes, the uh, number of bankruptcies for the year down, you know, from 21 to 22, down 39%. So, Got it. Wow. Got a little losing streak shaping up here, Lenny, too. It's two in a row. Yeah, you're your average. Uh, you're you're losing the average that you were. So, again, even you know, even the baseball players strike out like three out of ten times. So come on. Yeah, I'm just in a little funk, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. Well, you get them next week. So all right, Good. all right. Well, that's all we have for this week, everyone. Thanks for joining myself and Laura Sawinski on behalf of us and everyone at Prop Life. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you again soon. If you have questions or comments about today's episode of Retail Week, contact us by email or Twitter or type your message in the comment section below. Your feedback is important to us. We will try our best to address your thoughts in next week's episode and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel.